What is up, Project Unifam? We are, What's up, guys? We are back again. Listen, got to apologize. I know we missed last Saturday. We had some scheduling <laughs> stuff. Uh, my week was kind of crunched because I was getting ready to go on vacation. But uh, we're back, and hopefully, you know, schedules allow, you know, we're going to get right back on schedule. So, uh, yes. no worries there. But we're back with you tonight. And we're going to be going back into the series of don't misquote that verse. Good stuff. Uh, we're going to be we're going to be looking at one. Uh, <laughs> Christian, when you brought <laughs> up this verse, I was like, "How's he going to bring that up, knowing that I have that sign hanging on my wall?" It's literally right behind your head, pretty much. Yeah, it, it literally is. The way the camera's angled, you can't really see it, but uh, yeah, it, it's up there. Uh, we're going to be going over Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Yeah, so I, you know, I've I've always I don't even know how to put this. So, er, I I don't even know how to put this. <laughs> hey, this one's on you, buddy. I know we're gonna have to edit all this struggle out, but that's okay. But that's what makes it fun. So I yeah, dab- keep the struggle in. I dabble oh, yeah. in dispensationalism, right? Uh, I'm not, I'm not hardcore to where I'm like, this has to only mean this. And this only has to mean this, but there are things that were written to the Jews in the Bible that only pertains to the Jews. And there are things that are written in the Gentile, uh, that were written to the Gentiles that pertains to the Gentiles. And this verse, uh, you know, when you brought it up, I always kind of saw this as like an interdispensational verse. Like it just stays true through the times until you brought up just the context that it was in. And I was like, man, he's actually kind of right. Yeah. You know, and I would take the sign down, but it fits so perfectly with my ordination certificate and my license <laughs> to wed and dead is what the pastor who uh, gave me the license. He was like, now you're licensed to wed and dead. You sound like the traditional Karen that has the, I can do all things on her coffee cup. Yeah. Exactly. I would throw it away, but it just looks so good on, on the coffee shelf. <sighs> You know, now I got to find a new sign to put right there because I can't have it up there no more. <laughs> All right, I see, I see, I see how you're gonna be, but uh, no, we're we're gonna look at this verse and listen. At at any point, and I feel like we probably should have prefaced this at the beginning of the series. At any point when we go through these verses, we are not telling you you can't use these verses. Yeah, we're just yeah, yeah. wanting you to use them in the right context. We're not saying exactly. these verses are not applicable to your life. We're just saying if you're going to use them, use them right. Uh, so, like I said, tonight we're going to look at Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Do you have that pulled up, Christian? I do. Go I'll start in verse 8 and go through verse uh, maybe 14. Um, actually, I'll start in verse 10 and go through 14. He doesn't hear that. So. This is what the Lord, Sorry, <laughs> this is what opened, the Lord says. Open my Red Bull and... Uh, I'm sorry. I did it in the mic I'm, and I'm I realized, Andrew. yeah, you don't hear it in the mic because you don't hear through the mic. Yours goes off <laughs> the very mic. True. Okay, sorry. All right, <laughs> sorry, <It's> people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For this is what the Lord says. When 70 years for Babylon are, are complete, I will attend to you and will comfort my promise concerning you to restore you to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, 
This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You will call to me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you. This is the Lord's declaration. And I will restore your your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you. This is the Lord's declaration. I will restore you to the place from which I deported you. That is verse 10 through 14. And I think uh, really the main reason why I wanted to use this verse is because there are a lot of truths in this passage that we can apply today. And just because it's not in the context of us today, like this promise that God says to the Israelites doesn't apply to us because it wasn't for us. It was for the people of Israel. It was for them. It was a promise that even though things looked dire, even though things looked bad for the people, God still had a future and hope for them in the future. And so whenever we look at this verse, we can see uh, God is omniscient. Like he knows, like, is it omniscient? Is that the one that he knows all? Yes. Yeah. We yes. see that God's omniscient. When you see that he knows the future, we see that he knows the plans for his people. And that applies to us. Yes. God knows the plans for us. He knows what's going on in the future. He knows what's going to be happening in the future. And that is just one of the promises from that passage that we can just take with us. And that I just wanted to use this because even though the context isn't for us. There are still truths in this passage and even passages that we'll be talking about in the next seven, eight weeks that it, the verse itself doesn't apply to us, but there's always truths in these verses and in these passages that will always apply to us. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, and, and there's things, even though like in the context that it's written in is not to us. Like when he wrote that, he was writing that specifically to those people in that time and like I said, even though there are truths in that, you still need to look at the context of that, okay? Yes. And I think the problem is, is a lot of people, and, and this is where we're kind of getting at with this series, is you can't cherry pick just one verse out of it. Uh, yeah. That's not how that works. And a lot of people just look at verse 11, and they go off what that says, where it says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says, says the Lord, plans for peace and not for evil to give you a future and hope, right? They take that and like, well, God has plans for me. And then they go and do what they want. Cause they're like, well, this God's got plans for me. No, you have to look at verse 12 and go off. Then you shall call upon me and you shall come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you says the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity and gather you from all the nations and from, and it goes on and on and on. So if we're going to take this verse from the context in which it's written and we're going to, and we are going to apply it to our lives, you can't just apply verse 29 to your life and say, oh, well, God has a plan. He's not going to throw evil my way because then the first time you come in hardships, you're like, oh, well, why is God doing this to me? You know, I thought his plans yeah. were for peace. No, you have to look at the fact that you have to call upon the Lord. You have to seek the Lord. His plans are to better you, but he's not going to better you if you're con- consistently 
drowning yourself in sin because yeah. sin cannot yeah. dwell within the Lord. So mm-hmm. therefore, if if God has plans of giving you peace and not of evil, then you need to try and exit your life from evil. Now, people, I'm not saying you're going to achieve being perfect because that's unrealistic. We're not, we're not here to feed you pipe dreams and give you false hope on this podcast. (laughs) We're here to be real with you. But the thing is, there's a difference in living in sin and drowning in sin. We all live in sin. You can't walk out your front door and not be hit in the face by sin, but you need to make that choice to pray unto the Lord, to call unto the Lord and to seek the Lord. That way he can be found by you. How can how can yeah. you go off God's plans for you if you're not following God's plan for you? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah that's good. So I, I, I think whenever you also look at this verse, it's also really important that the word prosper doesn't mean like a prospering of money or yes. of like material possessions um, or anything to that matter. Like this word prosper is a reference really to just physical and even spiritual salvation. Like it's the promise that God, like, even though, like I said earlier, like things are not looking good at all. Like this, this people were held captive. Like they were slaves. It doesn't look good at all. Like this prospering is one of a salvation that his people, the people of Israel will have a future and have a hope. And like you said in verse 12, they will only have that hope if they're looking to Christ, to God, to yes. uh like that's the only way that they will find this prospering. And so like this whole entire promise is that God will first of all see that his plans will be accomplished and that his people will have a future. Oh, like that's sure. what this passage is talking about. And as us today, we can just see, first of all, apply God's omniscience that he knows all. Second, his faithfulness. Like, he's not going to let his people just go wayward. Like, even though they left him so many times and went to different idols and went to um, foreign marriages and did so many things. I was against uh, Torah, against what the prophets were saying. And even though they loved God so many times, God still pursued them. God still loved them. God still had a future and a hope for them. And that even even though we believe God, we will fall wayward. We will uh, doubt. We will fear. God still will be faithful and that he will not leave us or forsake us. And like just those kind of promises is something like even whenever uh, I think it's in James, where he says that uh, God will not leave us or forsake us. Like these promises that are just a constant, that God is faithful, that God is omniscient. Like these theological truths that we know about God come from this verse and verses all along the New Testament, even the Old Testament. But just truths that even though this verse and passage necessarily doesn't, isn't necessarily for us, we can also glean truths from this verse and passage. And that's, that's really the heart of this episode is that even though a lot of people will take this verse out of context to mean uh, that God will prosper me to have more money to 
like health and wealth. Uh, he'll prosper me to have a good job. He'll prosper me to have a good family. Like, and they'll take it out of context like that. This has no context to this verse at all, or even this passage, or even this book in Jeremiah. Like, this this is a promise that God will provide for his people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the way I always think about it, uh, was Jesus a, a wealthy man? Like, financially? No. Exactly. No. Was was uh, the Apostle Paul a wealthy man financially? No. Okay. Uh, when Joseph was going through all his trials and stuff, was he a wealthy man financially? Nope. He became a wealthy man, but that's because he, he was... He was doing God's plan, but and it wasn't because yeah. he was out for the money, but he knew that God had a plan for, for his stature that he was getting, and therefore he was able to not only bless his own family, but he was able to bless the whole nation because he he was smart about the famine that was coming, and he prepared for it. So yeah. my thing is, if God used all these people and did not make them all financially wealthy— when God uses the word prosper, it does not, it doesn't mean financial. Like you got to take, yeah. you got to take that focus out of your mind when it comes with God. Like, yeah, I'm not saying that if you're rich, you're not living in God's way. I'm not saying that there are sure. plenty of, sure. of Christian people out there, good Christian people who, who are financially rich. Uh, but what I am saying is that shouldn't be your focus. If your focus is on yeah. money, then your focus is not on God. And mm. and then no matter how much money you get, you'll never be satisfied because you're yeah. not prospering in the right spot. Uh who was it? John is it John Rockefeller? He was like a, a <laughs> multimillionaire back in the 30s, right? And yeah. so in an interview they asked him they were like, "How much is going to be enough for you?" And he replied with just one more dollar. Yeah. And and that's that's the train that you you run when you when you go after worldly things, when you think that God's plan to prosper you is of worldly things, you're you're misconceived. Because mm-hmm. believe me, there's God may put pass in your way and you may work towards and you may be financially stable or financially wealthy and that's great and everything, but God's plan to prosper you is plans after this life. When we obtain salvation, you know, when when God was speaking to those people in Jeremiah, you know, he was talking about in that point in time, getting them out of the places he, he abolished them from and stuff like that. But also that was, that was a, a connotation of what was to come. You know, if you notice the old Testament is just flooded with references of the, of the coming Messiah. You know, so his plans to prosper his people were he was going to send them their Messiah too. Yeah. And and that's what yeah. we need to realize. God's plan to prosper you, he's already set in place. Because you were yeah. spiritually dead, you could not uh you could not fellowship with God. You had no eternal life. And what did he do? He set forth a plan, his plan to prosper you by giving you a hope, right? In that verse yep. he says to give you a hope. That hope, our, what is our hope today? Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in our salvation. That's the plan of Prosper that he gives us. Now, if you get financial stability, awesome. 
You know what I'm saying? Like more power to you. If you get uh, stability and, and you prosper in your relationships, hey, more power to you. You know, uh, but look at it this way. If, if that's what God was intending, you like your plan of prosper, then why are happy people still getting divorced today? Why yeah. are why are wealthy people turn around having to file for bankruptcy? Like if that's God's plan for you to prosper you, why why do people still fall from that? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that plan, he doesn't have a plan to prosper one person and not another. He gives us both the same opportunity. He gives us the same ticket into salvation. So how mm-hmm. how would that be any different? You know what I'm saying? Look at Paul. Yeah. Paul was was he had all the stature in the world as a Jew, and then turn around and in one one walk to Damascus, his whole life changed. Yeah. He forfeited everything he had, and he turned into a a and I'm going to use air quotes on this a criminal on the run because he was always running, he was always being imprisoned falsely, you know, because all he was doing was preaching the gospel. But yeah. that's what I'm saying is, is like. When it comes to this verse, you can't just focus on God has a plan to prosper me. Yeah. I've been reading in Mark uh, for my devotions, and uh, I think in the first couple of chapters, it talks about um, the rich man and how he goes goes up to Jesus and says, hey, I want to follow you. I want eternal life. And Jesus says, just give up everything. And then he said, like, I forgot the exact wording, but he doesn't. He would rather have his riches than eternal life. And then going forward a few chapters in like chapter 12 or 13 or something like that, there's the poor woman who is giving her tithe um, in the temple and all the Sadducees are given theirs and they're clanking all their coins in that they're given. And this one woman just puts in one coin that's all that's all she could have that's all she could do to afford yeah and jesus rewards her says this is the faithfulness this is the diligence that i'm looking for like the people that are given so much i could care less about what they're given um that's also because they're given wrongly and so just like what we were saying earlier if you're rich and you're given a lot that's awesome give to your local church give to missions that's great um, but it's the heart of the matter that whenever this poor woman was giving her all everything that she had, uh, Jesus saw that and saw the faithfulness that she had. And yeah, this whole entire prosper, like just thought that has creeped into theology, um, and in the church is super dangerous, yes. first of all, for the Christian, because it's not feasible. It's you're saying that. If you follow Jesus, you'll be rich, you'll be happy, you'll be healthy. That's not true. Like Jesus was God and like he struggled. He died on the cross. He was uh, shamefully accused. He was wrongly accused. He was um, homeless. He was like this, this Jesus was, I mean, a foreigner in a weird land. Like this, it, the health and wealth prosperity gospel doesn't fit with any biblical look at Jesus or with any, with any book of the Bible for that matter. They have these few verses that they only look at the verses and not the context of what they're talking about. And that's where they get 
this wrongful teaching from and that's and that's what putting a verse out of context will do it will if you if your theology hangs on one verse of a larger context then you're probably going to be struggling if you can only find it once in the bible then you're probably going to be struggling for your theology yeah for sure uh i think i think that's like you were talking about you know that's uh, it's dangerous waters to tread in the whole prosperity, uh, prosperity teachings in the church today. Yeah. Uh, because it, it lacks the teaching of the conviction of sin. It teaches yeah. you, it, it goes along with the whole, well, I'm just gonna, I'm going to live my life. I'm gonna try and be a good person. But as long as I believe in Jesus Christ, like I'm going to prosper and everything's going to be hunky dory. And it yeah. teach it, it. It lacks the teaching of the conviction of sin. Of oh, hey, when I mess up, you know, I need to feel bad about that, and I need to realize the brokenness between me and God, and get that right. And I think that's what makes it so dangerous because now you have a bunch of of, of spiritually immature. Uh, and and I hate to put it this way, people. And I'm so sorry that I'm about to put it this way, but at the same time, I'm not. It's like sorry, not sorry. Uh, you have a bunch of spiritually immature, shallow Christians who don't know any better. Yeah, because they don't. Yeah, and that's what it is. They don't yeah. know any better. Exactly. And and it's it's much like you know uh, Paul in First Corinthians when he was talking about uh, and I'm paraphrasing this people and I'm so sorry, but that's okay. Uh, where he was talking about he couldn't talk to to the Corinthians like like spiritual maturity. They he had to speak to them as as babes. He was talking about he yeah. had to he was still having to feed them milk and not feed them meat. And yeah. and it's because, you know, unlike the Ephesians, uh who were they were very rich in in grace and they were re- very rich spiritually, but they were ignorant to it. So Paul yeah. had more of a conviction to to give them a a loving response to that in his epistle to them. But with the Corinthians, it was a corrective action because he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Y'all know better. Like, I don't know yeah. why y'all are acting like this. Like, y'all know better. And yeah. and I look at it as, as a lot of people, a lot of new Christians today, because of the prosperity teachings. Uh, and listen, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with feeling like you're prospering in God. If you're in your Bible and your prayer life's strong, and, you know, if you're, if you're, it goes back to the three words I, I continue to say week in and week out. Check your heart. Like wherever your heart's directed, that's the way you'll go. So if you're yeah. prospering in the Lord, awesome. You know, and once again, if you're prospering financially or in your relationships or in any way, shape, or form, like good for you. But take that prosperity and put it back towards the meaning of God. Now I'm not telling yeah. you if you're a millionaire and uh turn around and give all your money to God. Like I'm not saying that I'm not telling you to bankrupt yourself in the name of the God, but make sure you're giving the right amounts to your church. Help, help your church out. You know, if the church is in need of something, uh, you know, open, open your heart to them, you know, not just your checkbook, but open your heart, open your, your, your life to them and help them in any way possible. Uh, yeah, but I just, I, I feel like, the the prosperity church today are much like the Ephesians. They're very rich in God. They're just ignorant because they're not being taught everything. And so yeah. when you start... I think that's what's... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think it's one of the dangers of... And we've talked about this on the podcast before. We talked about it multiple times. Of, I mean, just 
getting all of your information from one pastor and yeah. just trusting his word on everything. Um, I'm listening to a podcast right now of a story of a pastor in a church um, that was shut down and just a story of how this pastor just led all these people in a very interesting and rough direction um and where they are now it's it's an it's a crazy story and that's there's multiple pastors multiple churches that have been led astray because of all one man who they've put all their money in for they went all in for this guy and with no accountability with no help at all he went astray the church went dead like there's they just struggled and that is and we've talked about this on the podcast whenever we i mean whenever your pastor tells you to to go to a passage of scripture go follow him like ask him questions if you have any questions about a passage like find other pastors uh online like there's so many pastors that like matt chandler um, oh, i love matt chandler yeah uh i mean there's there is so many pastors that we could look to and like we should probably put out like a like a list of pastors that we like because there's quite a few go like just listen to podcasts listen to like craig rochelle uh greg lowry louis giglio like just a bunch of pastors and just listen to their teaching get some good pastors in your life that can like invest and that you can just listen to and learn from because whenever you just listen to one pastor you're just like it's just like in college if you whenever you go to college and listen to one professor you're just going to pick up on what the professor is teaching and that's what you're going to get that's that's just what you're going to get unless you're actually diving into information like you should be i'm not going to call out any uh direct movement or anything but that right there following one pastor that that like in in bible college that's what some movements have fallen from because all you have now are cookie cutter pastors yeah there's no individuality there's no you know and they become it's my way or the highway type pastors and and you have to understand like no matter how far you are spiritually like you need to know you can still learn something yeah yeah yeah. you know what i'm saying like humble yourself like you can still learn you don't know everything and i think when you just now listen when you find a church and you have a pastor don't don't try and contradict what your pastor's saying because you heard another pastor say something different that's when you go to your pastor personally and ask him hey listen you you were saying this but you know i've heard something different can you explain to me where they got theirs and where you got yours and and see who's going to the scriptures and the right scriptures and like do the research. But yeah, you know, and, and like interpretations is going to be different. That's just who we are as people. Like I, I see some passages of scripture differently than Andrew sees them. And I see passages differently than what my pastor sees them. Like I don't agree with my pastor on everything. And that's just, because I interpret some scriptures differently than he does. And there's no problem with that at all. We can live in unity and brotherly love forever. Like it doesn't matter. Like whenever we both get to heaven, it's probably just going to, Jesus is probably just going to laugh and say, you both are stupid. 
So again, like you're telling me if I have a disagreement with my pastor, I shouldn't leave the church immediately. No, Andrew, you should not. Wow. People, did y'all hear that? (laughs) It's okay (laughs) to disagree with your pastor every once in a while. It's okay. Yeah. Like my pastor and he was, he would be totally fine with me saying this. He is, uh, he has some reformed beliefs and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Actually two of the elders in our church has some pretty reformed beliefs. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I tend to look at scripture a little bit differently. And in that we have a balanced leadership just because of that. Uh, he sees some things differently. I see some things another way. That's totally fine. Well, let's, let's put it this way. You and your dad have differences. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Does that mean you're, you're completely discrediting your dad as a mentor? As a spiritual no. leader in your life? No. Your dad yeah. was one of the biggest, I mean, still is one of the biggest spiritual influences in my life. Now, yeah. as as I've grown spiritually on my own, I've come to disagree with your dad on some things. But your dad has never steered me wrong doctrinally. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, And he's always been there. So absolutely, I mean, we're all going to interpret that different. But you have to understand, that's when you should come together and talk about it. Yes. You know, yes. like talk about it. You may you may show me things that I have no I never looked at the scriptures that way. And that that difference in interpretation could open up a door to a research in scriptures that you realize oh, yeah. oh I've been looking at it wrong this whole time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like so absolutely and uh huh, I still can't believe you brought up Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Knowing that I had yeah. that on my wall. You stared at it for months and months and months. He sat there. He waited on it. You do realize that's the whole point he brought this up and waited till we got to this. Section. Oh, yeah. Probably. That's the reason why I started this whole entire uh He's like, I'm tired of looking discussion. at that sign. Just take it down. Yeah. Hey, watch. <laughs> Next week, it'll be a framed portrait of your face. Oh, oh dude. fantastic. Yes. Let's do it. I'll sign it for you whenever I come back. There you go. Hey, when you when are you coming back? Uh, I'll discuss it off the air. Okay. All right. Yeah. Is there a plan? Like, I think so. Okay. He yeah. will discuss talk about it, it off the air. Andrew. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. But, uh, dude, I, I mean, we wrapped that up pretty quick. I mean, I can't believe we, like, because we pretty much summed up Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. In retrospect, every single episode is going to end the same exact way. Whenever you look at a verse that you would consider maybe you're isogeting it a little bit too much. Just look at the context, read it in full. Remember, every word has a verse, every verse has a chapter or passage, every passage has a chapter, every chapter has a book, every book is in a a bigger book called the Bible. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to take it down. You know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? I'm just going to put verses 12 through 14 on a piece of notebook paper under it. There you go. That's good stuff. Yeah, you know, that way it's not just that one verse. It's it's the passage, you know, so people Boom. can understand God has a plan to prosper me, but I have to call upon him. I have to pray to him, and I have to seek him so, so he can be found. You know what I'm saying? All right, Andrew. I know we haven't done this in a while, and I'm sorry about this. It's, it is my fault. It All is. this falls on me. But, Andrew, if you were going to choose one word, just one, just one. If you're going to choose one word to sum up today's episode, what would that one word be? 
All right, so I'm going to give my one word, but I'm going to explain why I'm using this word. If you explain it, it's not one word, Andrew. Well, no, I'm going to give my one. Uh, that's how it works. Well, yeah, I give the one word. expand on it. And then yeah. I expand on it. All right. You yeah. ready for my one word for tonight? I am. Prosper. I think everyone is. Prosper. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And the reason why I picked that word is because through this verse, that's the main focus of, of how everybody uh, misuses the verse. Right, they focus on because even when you look at it, they don't even put emphasis on the fact that God has a plan for you, but they look at the fact <laughs> yeah. that God's going to prosper you. And like yeah. we said, it's misconceived into maybe it's financial or it's relationship or anything like that. So when I say the one word that I want y'all to take from tonight is prosper, because if that's your definition of God's prospering for you. I want you to reevaluate God's plan of prosperity in your life. Yes, because I guarantee you, once you re refocus your lens and focus it on God in the true meaning of what he meant by prospering you, I guarantee you, your life will become so much more fundamental. Your life will, yeah. will have so much more meaning that you didn't even know it had. Because then you stop living for yourself, you stop chasing the physical, and you start chasing the spiritual. And that's what it's all about. Uh, my life right now, the only thing that really matters in my life right now on earth is spreading the gospel of God. Spreading yeah. the gospel of Christ. Raising babies. You know what I'm saying? And I love them. I do. And, and being a good husband, but that all dwells back to the gospel of Christ. It's being an example of God. That's how God's prospering me on earth. He's allowing me to share the gospel for his goodness and be an example to, to my kids, to my wife. And then the true prosperity is going to come uh, whether I die first or glorification comes first. And yeah. then I'm truly going to be prospered then because Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. In my house there are, or in my father's house, there are many mansions. Jesus is up there working on, on our life right now, I believe. And so when he comes back for us, like whether you die first or he comes back first, it doesn't matter. People, when you, when you are absent from your body, you're present with the Lord and that's where true yeah. prosperity comes from. So my word for tonight is prosper. Yeah. Mic drop. I'm not dropping this mic. <laughs> this is a very expensive <laughs> microphone. I'll pull out one of the toner mics and drop it, but no, go. I don't want to do that because in case anything goes wrong, we need backups. Very now, true. I'll go get that one I bought from that pawn shop and I'll drop it. I've already got to get it <laughs> fixed anyways. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, that that's the main thing is is prosperity. I mean, look at yeah. look at what it is. Check your heart, people. Check your heart. Uh, but Christian, you got anything you want to add? I don't think so. It's, yeah, I think I've said everything that needs to be said. There we go. Well, all right. I just want to say, people... Uh, I know we just took that month, month and a half off, and we come back and we miss a week, and I felt really bad about missing that week. I really did. I just I want to thank you all so much for being patient with us, uh, working with us, not scolding us for not following schedule like, like we're supposed to. Uh, but I just want you all to – I just want to reiterate how busy our lives are right now. Very. You know, not, not using it as an excuse, but using it as – is showing you the level of commitment we have. Uh, our lives are very busy. It's very hard for us all to be able to get together 
and record. Even even if it is a 45-minute episode, it takes a lot to do that 45-minute episode. But all in all, I want to thank you guys for your continued faithfulness to the podcast, to God. And and I just want to tell you all, just keep keep listening. You know, I, I love where this is going. I, I love the fact that we're going to be back. Uh, we may even bring back the dad joke intro. I don't know. I had a couple of people approach me at church. Uh, one of them that, I don't know. yeah, one of them I never would have expected to approach me. So they listen. Uh, ah. yeah. And they were like, Hey, uh, where's the dad joke been? <laughs> and I was like, uh, we don't do it anymore. And they asked me, they're like, well, why don't you do it anymore? I was like, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of change things up a little bit. You know, the dad joke seemed a little, uh, redundant doing the same same thing every week and just a different joke. I said, so we kind of just wanted to throw it out there and see, uh, see how it worked out. I said, but we may bring it back every, every once in a while, start an episode with the dad joke. So, but yeah, I just, I wanted to take a minute just to thank you guys. I know it's, it's been, uh, a struggle. I know I've got a couple people in the church that, uh, are like weekend week out listeners and they're very faithful listeners, and, and they've been like, man, we've been missing the episode. And I'm like, we're going to calm down. Like, we missed one since we've been back. Sorry. <laughs> you know, don't crucify us for it. But, uh, no, guys, I just – I love you. And and I speak for me, Marshall, and Christian. Like, we love you guys so much. Like, y'all are, y'all are a big reason why we do this, God being the ultimate reason why we do this. But – Y'all are a big reason, and I just want to thank you guys for being patient with us through this. For sure. Yeah, and yes. uh, uh, just want to reiterate, Project Unify is not going anywhere, so don't think that it is. Uh, it's just we're trying to get through our busy schedules. But anyways, uh, yeah, so this has been another weekly prescribed dosage of your Project Unify, brought to you by award-winning master doctor... Of of everything, Doctor Andrew Lawrence. PSA, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Lawrence is not a real doctor, a master, or anything to the likingness thereof. Christian, tell him who I am. You're my physician. That's right. I'm that guy. No, I'm that guy. You're not. I'm that doctor. No. <laughs> but <That's right. laughs> anyways, guys, in front of me on a computer screen is. I am Christian. The Christian sides beside me is always the professor. Marshall. And I'm your boy, Andrew. We love you, and we are out. Bye!